0: Jangle, jangle, I killed a man earlier today, now we're fighting the elephant, it's patsy time.
1: How did the people of Pine Barrow think about nature? Like, how did they look upon nature? Early,
0: early Pine Barrow was just a bunch of pagan worshippers of the trees, which was all pine. They were known in ancient records to have wars with the warring druids who wanted to make more diversity in amongst the ecosystem and really bring that back, but um that impeded on the sacred pine and there was there was much bloodshed. That did carry over into how the town became and sort of while it became less religious and uh, Buskar became a big god of the town, the importance of pine was maintained, especially with the local squirrel huckin team, the, the pine people. We weren't that inventive. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Last time on Queer Dungeoneers. The party reached the Border Forest, but it wasn't long before they fell into a trap set by Loxod of the Stretching Plains. Upon seeing Cremora and the power she holds, Loxod made an offer. Free him from the bonds that hold him to the forest, in exchange for safe passage to the other side. The party considered the deal, but hungry for revenge, the bear-spirit Ursa raged inside Nim and took control, changing her into a shining blue bear with a lust for blood. Nime the Druid. Or, is it Ursa?
2: Nope, definitely not. Kinda
1: looks like Ursa. Nope,
2: nope, 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 nope. Ursa
1: of the Running Stream. Oh boy. You are freed from your fleshy bond, and back in your natural, blue, brilliant bear form. You are lunging towards Loxod. Lead me through it.
2: So I think, for Ursa, the fact that we're back here is a go-ahead, since M promised they'd be back, and when they'd be back, they'd take Loxod on. So Ursa's just like, yep, we're gonna kill a fucking elephant today. That elephant's gonna die. But in the back of her mind, there's this little voice being like, Nope! Ursa, I'm here. Hi, stop, please, stop. And so Nim's fighting really hard and obviously is quite terrified because she's lost control again. But is just like jumps on Loxod and tries to like knock him over. Can you roll me a hacking slash? A hacking slash. That is an
1: eight. Uh, With an eight, can you please roll your damage? Three. You leap towards Loxod, and you are caught off guard as your teeth sink into something just an inch away from the skin of his leg. Your teeth sink into some sort of barrier, and as they do, you hear wailing wash over you, human wailing, the wailing of people. Motherfucker. And you feel that your attack hasn't reached Loxod. There's something in between. And Loxod takes this moment of surprise to sweep sideways and knock into you with the full brunt of his body. That's a d10 plus three. I'm sorry, what?
2: (laughs) Oh, shit me. Oh, God.
1: Oh, Whoa! (sighs) Uh,
2: 7 plus 3 is 10, minus 2 is 8.
1: This blow hits you and sweeps you back and you sort of roll a few times pathetically. This just feeds your rage. Everyone else, uh, Loxod, the great elephant spirit, is standing before you. To the sides are rows of ghouls. Now that the first strike has sort of been laid, you know that everything's about to go up shit creek, basically. You know that everyone is going to start attacking. So there's these two rows of ghouls either side of you, four ghouls on each row, and you can see harpies overhead, patrolling the skies, ready to swoop. What are you all doing?
2: <sighs> My heartbeat can't spinning so fast.
1: Yeah, I'm looking at this and this is a very difficult encounter. This could be, like, the first encounter you can't just attack everything and kill. Well, I will certainly try. (laughs) I look at Benny and
0: say, Lucky you. Things really look like they're going south.
1: And I will (laughs) slice at whoever's closest. All right, you slice at one of the ghouls. Give me that hack. Give me that slash. Uh, And that is a 12. Heck
0: yes!
1: I'll roll my damage.
0: Are you fucking kidding me? I rolled double
3: ones. (laughs) Swap those d6s. This is like the third time.
0: Um, so that's three damage. (laughs) But I do have smash. When you hack and slash on a 12 plus, deal your damage and choose something physical your target has. A weapon, their position, uh, a limb, they lose it. I want to take their position and try and sort of knock them down as like a log barrier between the other like
1: wading forward enemies. You land this huge blow with Benny. These creatures look fleshy and soft, but when you hit, you hit something hard. Mm. You've just hit the wrong bit. They, these mottled things of flesh, you've, you've hit some aberration in it. But the force of your blow does knock it sideways like a log, and it sort of forms a barrier between the party and the other seven ghouls, which doesn't seem to impede the harpies above you very much. Yeah, but it is making it more difficult for these ghouls who absolutely don't have the best reasoning skills to get around <laughs> simple obstacles.
3: Have I, has Jolene seen um, Nim slash Ursa take that shit ton of damage? Yes. Okay, she's going to dip her throwing knife in bloodweed, which is a poison that the target deals minus 1d4 damage ongoing until cured, so it should mitigate (sighs) a bit of damage. So I'm going to toss that at Locksword. Okay. That okay?
1: Yeah, anything's okay. Go for it.
3: Okay, I rolled double threes, plus three, so that's nine.
1: So you have to choose one of the volley consequences.
3: I'm going to put myself in danger.
1: You shoot this throwing dagger from your hand expertly. It follows the exact trajectory you're expecting, but just before it hits Loxod, it stops just an inch short, and you hear a great wail let out as the surface of Loxod seems to shimmer like there is a barrier. Ah, I forgot about that. So still roll your damage.
3: Five plus two, so seven.
1: Well, the good news is that one did damage. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. Oh, so it's high armor. Did the poison take effect at all? The skin of Locksod doesn't seem to have been nicked in any way. Oh,
3: Damn it! Okay.
4: Well, we know what we do with armor. It's one Cremora special coming up, and that's a that's a lot. That's a that's a twelve.
1: Can you describe what a Cromora special is for our dear <laughs> listeners?
4: A Cromora special is me finally fucking getting to use this on Fireball because I'd like to throw a Fireball at this creature, mm-hmm. but. I have the move Greater Empowered Magic, Ooh. and so if I get a 12 plus, I can reduce the result to a 10 plus and maximize the effect of the spell or double the number of targets. In effect, well so maximize the effects of this fireball spell and deal 12 damage, ignoring armor, to Locks on. What this looks like is Cremora sees Nim, you know, get really badly hurt, sees Jolene's knife fail, screams, points her finger out a burning green symbol appears in the air in front of her hand. It flies towards Loxod, it hits the barrier, there's a beat, and then it explodes outwards into the hottest, most intense ball of fire you've ever seen her summon.
1: Goodness gracious. This ball of fire hits and then explodes out, and as it does, you hear this wailing, this horrid wailing, and... The flames seem to intensify, but they they sort of bounce away. You think that the volume has been increased so much because it's actually just shimmering off its target, and instead, bits of fire hit the ghouls. So, I think six of the ghouls get hit by this fireball. But when the smoke clears, Loxod is shimmering in this barrier, which seems hot and red.
2: Fuck.
1: (laughs) six of the ghouls get hit by 12 damage ignoring armor.
3: And none of them go down?
1: A ghoul is both known for its uncanny endurance and is in fact kept alive by something other than simple biology. So a ghoul does not have 12 health.
2: You can't see the thousand yard stare I'm (laughs) giving right (laughs) (sighs) now. Oh, fuck me.
3: Seeing that the poison doesn't work, what she's going to do is um, switch poisons and use the magic killer poison and see if that affects the barrier.
1: So you dip a knife into the magic killer poison. What what color is the magic killer poison, do you think?
3: Rainbow, like an oil slick.
1: Ooh, yeah, I like that. Yes. Throw that feckin' dagger.
3: So that's an eight. I'll put myself in danger again.
1: You launch this second dagger with this beautiful rainbow oil slick poison coating it, and it lands into this wailing, sheening armor, and as it hits this sort of muffled but twisted but louder scream, it's like the scream is distorted as it comes out, it's it's very much twisted. So what I will say is that the magic killer poison has essentially reduced the armor of the barrier by three. That must have been a pretty damn big barrier then. Yeah. Wow. But you do also deal your damage.
3: Oh, shit. Uh, (laughs) I rolled full damage. Whoa. So 14 damage.
1: I think at this point, the armor surrounding Loxod is just permanently visible. It's no longer this invisible sheen covering Loxod and is instead there. And it seems patchy now, like it's coming in and out. And it is screaming. Jolene, you're so proud of this strike that you've just landed. You're standing there smugly and you're pulled down to the ground by the hand of the ghoul that's currently lying like a log. And so you're knocked down and you're sort of staring face to face with the ghoul. Oh
3: boy, okay.
2: Uh, sorry, is going to take the opportunity with the barrier looking a little bit worse for wear to go for his throat. That seems like an angry bear thing to do, right? Nine. How much was that damage? A mm, two. A two?
1: Mm, two. Okay. Oh, yeah, okay. You jump up and go to bite at Loxod's neck, and your teeth just sink into this barrier, and you're just kind of hanging in the air, not penetrating it, not even seeming to harm it. You're dangling in the air from Loxod's neck when something sweeps in from the side and bashes you in the side, and it's a harpy, and so it's sort of put its claws into you and knocked you away from from where you were biting. Can you please take a d8 damage uh, with one piercing? Fuck me. Oh, how much is that?
2: Oh, that's seven minus one.
1: Is six. six. You hit the ground hard after this. Uh, and Patsy, this brilliant blue bear that has replaced your friend Nime, has just jumped up and then been struck down. Jolene is also on the ground, being grasped by a ghoul-ish figure. And while the ghouls were stopped for quite a while, they are starting to work out how to clamber over to your location. What are you both doing?
0: I will look to Cremora and say, I'll take care of the cannon fodder if you take care of the big blue bear. So I am going to impale, try to impale the ghoul that's uh, just descended on Jolene and huck him at the bowling pin formation of ghouls coming towards us. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going to just hack and slash that one. Um that's a 9. I'll do my damage at least. 7, so that's
1: 8 points of damage. You impale this ghoul on the ground. And you go to do this sort of fancy motion where you kind of flick it up at the other ghouls, but it just takes too long. These ghouls are immense. They are unflinching in what they do. They are not smart, but they are brawny and very dedicated. The other ghouls that were shambling the bowling pin formation of six get to you and they just kind of almost like there are claws involved but it's almost just like a hug of death as they come around you yep uh so that's a 1d8 plus four Oh fuck oh
0: Jeez, that's 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 full damage uh 12 Shit me. uh
1: minus two i have two armor <sighs> You can feel that there is sharpness to them, there's hardness in their bodies, but mainly they're just suffocating in the way that they squish around you. Jolene, you're sort of covered in feet at this point. There's this sort of these hard legs are stepping around you.
3: Ah, a nightmare!
1: What are you doing to avoid them?
3: I'm probably going to try and wiggle my way out from the grasp of the ghoul.
1: Roll me a Defy Danger Dex.
3: Okay. That's a nine.
1: You've used two poisons so far. The third bottle of poison that you have gets crushed underfoot as you're getting out. So you do get out from under this crowd, but your last sort of dose of poison for today does get crushed. Cremora. Patsy yells at you to have a go at Lockside, and then gets stampeded and hugged nearly to death.
4: Jesus. Um, the logical thing to do is take out all the minions and then focus on the big one. That's the logical thing to do. But is not in a logical mood right now. So looks up at Lockside and says, Okay then, bigger guns time. And her eyes... Ignite with the burning white light of the beast that she bound to her soul. And I'd like to try and use my capstone again. Ooh. Yes! Yes! So, in this kind of land of of spirits being closer to the surface than normal, I think she has the, the glowing eyes, the, her tattoos uh, glow with light. She's probably levitating a bit off the ground. But you also see the very faint shadowy outline around her of an enormous clawed beast. And as she holds her hand out to Loxod, one of the claws swings up and comes slamming down. And... Okay. Um... That doesn't sound good. No, it's okay. I saw low rolls, but it's an eight. So on eight, I choose two of the following consequences. The beast's rage and hatred are made manifest and cause significant collateral damage. Someone present ceases to view you as yourself and only views you as a vessel of the beast, and knowledge of your power reaches ears you'd rather it didn't. I am going to pick someone present ceases to view you as yourself and only sees you as a vessel of the beast, and... I, God, I want to pick collateral damage so yes, badly.
2: Yes, do it, do it, do it!
4: Fine, the rage and hatred have made manifest and caused significant collateral damage. Mm. So I will roll the special, hopefully actually able to hurt it, because it's powered by an Eldritch Horror damage die. And I dealt five damage. And what dice did you roll? Uh, I rolled the, the d12 that you told me to roll. Oh. What?!
1: Oof. In this place... Where Loxod's power is great, where the spirits are so manifest, you cease to view yourself as human. Can you please describe to me, Cremora Magnus, your new, lobster inspired,
4: monstrous form? <sighs> Yeah, so she he reaches her hand out. The, the shadowy arm of the of the monster uh, comes swinging through the air and slams into Loxod. Cremora pulls her hand back, and the shadowy arm mirrors it, and she starts to change. Her spine cracks and elongates. Her hands uh, fuse together into enormous, razor-sharp claws, Her eyes split in two and then in two again and emerge all over her face. Chitinous armor bursts up into life over her flesh. Uh, Her hair becomes shiny and black and she roars her displeasure to the forest.
3: I do not vibe with that at
1: all. While you're in this form, you do deal a d12 damage. That's that's good. Your magical barrier that you normally have isn't working, but instead you have an equivalent amount of actual goddamn armor. <laughs> and you cannot cast spells. Okay. You are not a wizard at the moment. You are a crab. Nime. You are being tugged against your will, and you're trying to stop this, but you're also letting it happen. As you fall on the ground, you're getting up, and you see in Cremora's place is standing a monstrous form.
2: Now I have a question. Yes. What does Ursa think of this?
1: The Ursa side of you doesn't understand what she's seeing, and fears what she doesn't understand.
2: Nim is going to take this opportunity where Ursa has been a bit shaken to try and regain control. Roll me wisdom. Eight, nine, ten. That is a ten. So as Ursa turns to look up at this space monster, she kind of slows and her movements become really sluggish. And then all of a sudden her form snaps back into Nim kneeling on all fours at Luxon's feet.
1: You hear a voice coming from behind you. You care a great deal about this woman, don't you? She was turned this way by a combination of the power that rests in her and my own power. And so it is only the two powers together that can turn her back. Cease this fight, Give me the power, and I will turn her back.
2: Nim is going to look up at Lockthard, angry tears in her eyes, and just say, It is not within my power to grant you what she carries. But if you can help her regain control, I'm willing to negotiate. And I think the whole time Nim is, like, shaking as Ursa inside her is being like, What the fuck are you doing? (laughs) Kill him!
1: A great sound bellows out. Cease this fight. An agreement has been reached. Patsy, you are coddled in this horrible, horrible fleshy hug that seems to loosen as the ghouls seem to be stepping backwards into line to their original positions. The harpies look less intent on swooping down and more like they are back, just guarding and watching. This huge, lobster-like Tarasque-esque is standing there. Jolene and Patsy, do you continue to fight, or do you take this signal that everyone is standing down and things seem to be stopping?
0: The thing is, is that the the fleshy hug between a mass of tortured souls, it reminds Patsy of something. Not a life before, not a life currently, but a life between. Something that was suppressed, and I think something about that causes Patsy to snap and just goes berserk.
1: thanks for listening. Shout out to Alenka who wrote an amazing article about why Queer engineers should be made into a cartoon in the style of Avatar The Last Airbender. We agree 1000%. You can find a link to that in the description for this episode. Till next time. Bye! You hear a voice coming from behind you. What is my voice? Was it deep like this or was it more angry like this? I think it was angry.
0: I think that was closer.
1: Yep. Angry.